According to the National Center for Drug Abuse, over 165 million Americans ages 12 and up are currently abusing drugs or alcohol. Of those 165 million Americans, there is a mom, dad, sister, brother, wife, husband, son, daughter, or grandparent praying and pleading that they would stop. Addiction is a subject most people don't like to talk about and is kept behind closed doors. But the Finding Hope podcast will bring light to the subject and give families that are living in shame, guilt, hopelessness, fear, worry, and anger tools and education to find strength, peace, happiness, joy, and hope. Hello, I'm Amy LaRue, Finding Hope Coordinator for Hope is Alive Ministries and your host for this Finding Hope podcast. At Hope is Alive, our mission is to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. We do this through our intentional next level sober living homes and faith-based support groups for the loved ones of addicts called Finding Hope. Before we get started today, I want to let you know about an upcoming event hosted by our Finding Hope and Hope After Loss support groups. Our seventh annual sobriety sprint will happen on September 30th, 2023 in Wichita, Kansas, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Weatherford, Oklahoma. During the sprint, we'll remember, honor, and celebrate those who have lost their lives. All proceeds from this year's sobriety sprint will go to funding our growing Finding Hope and Hope After Loss support groups, allowing more families to find healing and hope. This year's run will be family-focused. We'll have our first one-mile walk and run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. This will be an event you and your family will not want to miss. So be sure to register, volunteer, sponsor, or honor your loved one at this year's Sobriety Sprint at sobrietysprint.com. But on today's episode, I want to welcome back Miss Darcy Stevens. She was on our last episode where we just sat down and had a conversation just about some phrases that we hear in our, the rooms of Finding Hope. And we got a lot of great positive feedback from that. So I thought I would have her back on and we'll just talk through some more. But before we do that, Darcy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, thanks for being willing to do this. Now, I want to, before we get into the phrases, um, I just mentioned about our sobriety sprint coming up. And you've shared a little bit of your story, I don't know, a long time ago. I can't remember what episode. And you mentioned your mom Mm -hmm. and growing up um, in that environment with your mom as an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. right? And at this sprint, we get to honor your mom. So what does this sprint mean to you? Um, So this is actually my favorite event that we've been on um, because I get to not only celebrate my husband and his recovery and his sobriety, but I get to honor my mom. Mm. Um, And it's brought a lot of healing over the years, getting to run it and... Mm -hmm. um, serve at it and just honor, um, her life and remember her, um, outside of her addiction and, um, just remember that, you know, that there is hope and, um, I just, I get emotional each year, like each year mm-hmm. gets more emotional and I did never like, I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to cry this year when I run. But as soon as I run up on her picture and I see it, it's pretty emotional. And there's just something just to be able to see those faces, them smiling, 
and knowing there's a family, mm-hmm. right? And to get and knowing that they're more than this disease. Yes. And um just to get to honor them and remember them year after year um in that mile, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, a lot of times the runners, true runners, I'm not a true runner, will run run it for the race and then they'll go back and walk that memorial so that they can really take in and look, you know, and I just think of praying for each family as Mm -hmm. you walk by and just honoring them. So if you're out there listening, like I said earlier, we are going to have the sobriety sprint. You don't have to be a runner. If you're in one of those locations, um, you don't have to be a runner to do this. I'm not a runner. That's We also are trying to make it really more family-focused. Mm-hmm. And having that mile run um, slash walk this year, this is the first year we'll have inflatables. Mm-hmm. We've had food trucks in the past, but I think um, we're going to have different variety of fruit food trucks this year and in each location. So whether you're in Weatherford or Wichita, um, they'll be in all of those. But if you don't even live in one of those markets and you've lost somebody and you want to honor them, we would love to honor mm-hmm. them still. We've honored um, loved ones that were in California, in Texas. Uh, we just want to be able to do that. So um, go to sobrietysprint.com. We'll make sure it's in the show notes today. Um but I just want to, since I have Darcy on this and we get to honor her mother and remember, and I love that you said that it, you get to honor, remember your mom, but also celebrate your husband mm-hmm. and his recovery. Um, that's so good. And that's what we get to do at yes. this race. Right. Yeah. And I, at this run, let's just call it a run. Yes. Slash walk. Yeah. So, well, let's dive in. Okay. Okay. Um, so you know, last time we talked about you don't get it unless you live it and just some other phrases. But the first one I want to talk talk about today is if if love were enough to change the addict's behavior, then no one would be an addict. Mm. Let me say that again. If love were enough to change the addict's behavior, then no one would be an addict. Mm-hmm. What does that mean yeah. to you? Um, it's just a reminder that I could love him to death and mm-hmm. it still is not going to um, cause my loved one to get help, seek help, or do what I think he needs to do for his sobriety and recovery. He has to want it. He has to want it for him. Um, he has tons of people that love him, but he has to want it for himself. Yeah, and I hear that all the time, like... Uh, they tell me that they don't, they don't love me or I don't love them, but I do. And they just keep going. Like, I think our love can sometimes hinder their growth. Smother them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because we're just going to love them. And a lot of times you hear that. And I think Dylan was on the podcast. He's in recovery and he was even saying like, you can love them to death. Kind of what Mm -hmm. you're indicating there. And like, that means we can, enable them you know just continuing that enabling and you think it's coming out of love and it is let's you know if you're out there listening I know it's hard and we're going to get to one that um here in a little bit that hopefully will help you in that and so it is hard you Mm -hmm. know but honestly if you look around the world and every person who has a substance use disorder there is someone that loves them yes and um Maybe they're not connected to their family anymore or different situations, but someone loves them. Mm-hmm. And 
But if that was enough, we wouldn't have this problem or this, you know, we wouldn't have addicts out there. You and I wouldn't have a job. There wouldn't mm-hmm. be organizations. We, you know, um, but that's not how they ha- want it, you know. And I've heard people say also they have to want recovery more than you want it for them. Yes. You know, um, I think sometimes we want it so much for them that, again, we're hindering, we're getting in the way, mm-hmm. we're that roadblock, whatever it might be, What you know, we're that cushion, you yes. know. And I say all the time, like, we can t- start to take the cushion away, but we have to take every last piece of it away, mm-hmm. you know. They can't have one little soft spot to land on, um, right. you know. And us wanting it so much more than them, it's hard. Right. Yeah. Like how have yeah. you experienced that or seen people in some of your support groups or from the retreat when they want the recovery more than their loved one? That becomes our main focus mm-hmm. and we become exhausted and we're tired all the time. And it's just that circle of disappointment. I mean, mm. we put these expectations on them that they're not ready. I mean, you shouldn't put expectations on them no matter what, but they're not ready for if they're not you're trying to love them. You're trying to encourage them to do, quote unquote, what's right. And they have to be ready. And if they're not ready, it's just like a broken record in their mind. Go, like you coming at them and um, telling them what they need to do and what you want them to do. And it just, it becomes, um, causes more problems yeah. in your relationship with them. And that's why boundaries are so important too. Like you have to love them where they're at and then put those boundaries to protect yourself and protect your recovery and let them. Work yeah. Theirs. And Charles and I talked about it on, on a previous podcast too. He did a phenomenal job talking about that detachment mm-hmm. with love. You don't stop loving them, but you're detaching from that chaos. Yes. And I love what you said. Like, you said something about their recovery, wanting it, you know, we lose, we are so focused on their recovery. We become so sick. Mm-hmm. We bec- And I say it a lot, like we become sick mentally, physically, um, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. We put all, all of it on them. Not all. We put all our energy and time on yes. them and we forget to take, put it back on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, just this weekend I was talking or yesterday I was talking about to a a lady about you know just how exhausted she is Mm -hmm. and just the cycle like you're saying it just continues and we've got to step out of that cycle right you know and it's hard it's not easy absolutely you know we become comfortable in that chaos but if we are sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. we've got to figure out what can I do to change this Mm -hmm. I can't want the love them enough to get them into recovery, but I can change something for myself. I can get to a meeting. I can make sure each day. And I, sometimes a lot of us live by our schedules. So I tell people schedules time in the day, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do today? You know, um, last week I had a lot of travel and I was out of meetings a lot. I had Mm -hmm. long work days, you know, and I would make sure I would come home every day and I would figure out, okay, what do I need to do to decompress for myself? Mm-hmm. And knowing going into busy work weeks like that, or, you know, it's important for us, yeah. you know? Um, and so love ourselves 
as much as we're loving them. Oh yeah, that's good. You know, show mm-hmm. ourselves that love and give that love back to us. It doesn't mean you're stop loving them, but you now can start to invest in yourself and start that healing and schedule what that might be. Yeah. Um how can I think I think we've already talked about that. Uh, I was going to say how can it hinder, but we've talked about that. So anything else you want to talk about on this phrase? If love were enough to change the addict's behavior, then no one would be an addict. Um, I would just remember that God loves them more mm. than we love them. Yeah. Also, I think that's important to remember. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and we forget that very mm-hmm. easily, you know. And they're like, if it's your child, you know, like I look at my three kids and you look at probably your four kids and, you know, how much I love those kids. Mm-hmm. It's thinking about the father's love, God's mm-hmm. love for them, but also for me and for my husband. And just to know, like, if I can love my kids this much, how much does God love mm-hmm. us? Yeah. Right. And how much does God love our loved ones going mm-hmm. through this? That's it. Thank you for mm-hmm. saying that. So speaking of that, uh, another one people hear, and I think some of them, like this one, I feel like, sometimes can just be said, but how do we take action on it? Mm -hmm. It's let go and let God. Mm. So um, that was a good segue. Good job on that. (laughs) Um, She doesn't even have the notes in front of her. Um, So let go and let God, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we just talked about how God loves them more than we do. Mm -hmm. And so that's hard. That is so hard. You know, it's like, they can't see, sometimes we just want to shake them. Like, do you mm-hmm. not see what's happening on around you? And sometimes they don't because they're intoxicated. But the destruction, they do sp- see the, you know, um, the destruction happening mm-hmm. around them, whether they say it or not, you know. And so how do we do that? How do we let go? Mm-hmm. Talk. You talked about that cycle. Step out of that cycle and let God mm-hmm. do what only he can do. I have to daily surrender my husband to God. And how do you do that? Just literally surrender him to God. You've got him. Mm-hmm. I can pray for him, but I need you to guide me in those prayers. How do I, how can I pray for him? Mm-hmm. And, um, how can I help? How can I help him in the way you want me to help him? Not in the way I want to help him and just surrender that, you know, that he's doing what he needs to daily not checking in on him all the time. Uh-huh. Did you go to a meeting today? Did you listen to a meeting today? Did you talk to your sponsor today? Let it like just surrendering that to God because mm-hmm. it's going to come out in in his daily walk if he's doing that daily. Yeah, and I can't control that, Mm-mm. so I have to surrender it. And if I don't surrender it, I do try to control it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I love what you said. I'm going to kind of tweak it a little bit. Okay. It's we help them because you're saying praying for God to show you how to help him. Right. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think is the way we help our loved ones a lot is not helping them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which I, you know, and I, people have come to me it, it does depend on there's all we had, we've talked about enabling before, but like it does depend on their age and all of mm-hmm. that. Like you've, you know, um, but by not helping them, it helps them if they can do mm-hmm. it on their, if they are capable of doing it on their own, if they were not intoxicated mm-hmm. or using, then you need to step out. Yeah. 
Right. And we're going to, there's the next one. I'm about to like jump ahead, but I'm trying not to, (laughs) Um, you know, and so letting go and letting God. And I, you know, we talked about the cushion a little bit ago. You know, a lot of times we still want to hold them on their, you know, on their um, sleeve, right? When we'll hold on to them. Okay. I'm going to let God, but I'm still going to just hold on to a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm letting go. Okay. I'm just going to hold on to this little string, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can. But, if we're still living, holding on to that little string, God can't do what he's going to do. Right. And um, we've got to, you know, at a meeting just last week when I said I was traveling a lot, one lady said, "I my prayer is that God will place someone in their path. Mm-hmm. That's not me. It's not mm-hmm. a family that will speak truth to yes. them. You yes. know, someone that will speak the truth to um you know, bring them to a place of surrender to open their eyes, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. you know, like, Lord, take me out of it. I can't, I, I'm giving up control. I'm putting you, but can you, you know, place somebody, um, someone else on a meeting it was during COVID. I remember, um, we we're, you know, on all on zoom. And she said, I pray for God to close the right doors so that he can open the right doors. That's good. Because if we start closing it and trying to control things, for our loved one and for God, right? Mm-hmm. If we're closing doors for God or trying to do that, the right doors might not be open yet. Right. And, you know, um, and Lisa, we talked about it after the retreat. Lisa Bain talks about how we might just see this black piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And it might not look very pretty. might have, you know, spots on it or something. I don't know. And then, but when you look at the whole masterpiece, mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times with our loved one's addiction, we're just seeing that one piece. But God sees the whole plan and the whole masterpiece for this. Right. And we have um, someone in our in our group and one of our leaders, and she's actually lost her son. And she struggled with, and she was on an episode too, um, Cindy. And she talks about she was in a state of depression for so long. And then she had that shift. And I'm not going to go through her whole story. You can go listen to it. But she always said, but for God, mm-hmm. you know, but for God, I was able to get out of this depression. Mm-hmm. But for God, I was able to see his plan. Yes. But for God, you know, um, and it's hard. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's hard. It's not easy to, yeah. like I said earlier, when you see that destruction, when you see things falling apart and you just want to be like, come on, dude, or come on, you know, sister, whatever mm-hmm. it might be like. Um, but we've got to step back. And I actually have a Finding Hope member in Tulsa, and she's doing that. All of her family's doing it except for one person. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not easy for her to watch that, but she's like, this is how I get through my day is that daily surrender. And it might not just, mm-hmm. it might be in the morning. It might be an hour later. It might be, oh, you yeah. know, it's when you feel yeah. like you need to get in there and get in that fix it mode or, um, do something for them, helping them. Um, when you know, they should be able to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. That's when you need to be surrendering, Yeah, you know, and not just surrendering them, but Lord, give me strength. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so how have you seen this, um, with you? you know, with your husband or in meetings with other people, um, as they start to let go and let God, um, as I, well, within myself and others, when we begin to let go, we're also 
letting go of that control, letting mm-hmm. go of that fear, and actually focusing on ourselves instead of focusing on our loved one. And um, I know for myself, um, when I when I don't daily surrender to him, I'm living in that fear of the what, a lot of times the what ifs or um, questioning everything. And that's almost just as crippling as trying to control, yeah. control everything. Um, and when he was active in his addiction, he was the, like the sole provider for our family. Mm. So I lived in that fear of, well, what if I don't, he's going to lose his job. Well, I have to remember God will take care of it no matter what happens. And so I needed to let go of that fear and let God mm-hmm. do what only God can do. Yeah. And you guys got through it, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't easy. No. But you did. Yeah. You know? Um, so as you're talking, I want to ask our listeners right now, you might need, after I say this, you might need to pause it. And what are you holding on to that you need to let go of? Not necessarily, it might not necessarily be your loved one. Maybe you have surrendered, like Darcy's mm-hmm. saying. Maybe you're holding on to that fear. So what are you holding on to that you need to let go of today? You know, I would encourage you, you know, we can think, you know, it's so easy to think through, but once we actually start to put it down on paper or start to talk to somebody, maybe you just need to, you know, talk to somebody about it, um, a safe person, what you need to let go of. That's where that healing process. Mm -hmm. And that's also when you talk to someone, that's where that accountability, I know Darcy and I check in with each other, you know, and it's just nice to have somebody that understands that's a safe confidential that we can lean on, you know, not just, you know, and know that they're praying for us and checking in on us and all of that. So that's what I want to ask you guys, what do you need to let go of today? Not tomorrow today it's even if you're listening to it at 9 p.m at night 10 p.m at night there's still some hours in the day what do you need to let go of and let God take care of and you just said something a little bit ago what if Mm. Mm. that's so easy to live in those what ifs oh yeah I I still do it right like I mean this morning and it's one of those okay God Mm -hmm. but so someone um has said this in some meetings change your what ifs to even if. Mm. What if is fear-based, like you were saying, yeah. and even if is faith-based. Yes. And that's so hard, mm-hmm. right? You know, I hear people, I mean, I talk to people daily. What if, what if, what if? You know, and I'm like, what if it doesn't, though? Mm-hmm. Then you're living in all that what ifs, and drowning in the what ifs, and you're missing God's blessings throughout yeah. the day. You know, I hear some of them I hear is like, what if they go hungry? Even if they go hungry, what could happen? Mm-hmm. You know, what if they lose their job? Mm-hmm. Even if they lose their job, you're going to be okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they don't have a bed to sleep on? What if they have to sleep in their car or on the streets? What if? Mm-hmm. Even if. Let's change that. Even if they have to not have a bed, what could happen? You know, mm-hmm. let's have that faith. You know, let's trust God that 
he is using this to teach them, to yes. bring them to that rock bottom because everyone's rock bottom's different. Right. Um, you know, what, what ifs, I mean, I could, I could have easily made a whole list of what ifs if I hear people say, those are just a few that came to my mind real quick. What have you heard people say, or maybe what have you said? I mean, you even mentioned what if, and is more fear-based. So what? Um, so what if, so a lot of times I had, like when I was leading my group, I had, um, their loved ones were still active. What okay. if they never get sober? Mm. Well, what if, even if you're still going to be, you can live in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be okay. God's going to make you stronger. Um, even if they never, never do walk in. And that's sobriety. a hard one. That's mm-hmm. a hard one. And you know, there's some that have been active in addiction for a year, mm-hmm. five years, 10 years, right? 30 years. I mean, I hear it oh, all. Yeah. I mean, I think of one of our staff members that was in, he was in it probably like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and now look at him, oh, yeah. you know, and, and he'll say, my mama never stopped praying. Yeah. She made me stay in that prison or that jail and my mama never yes. stopped praying yeah. and God did a work with him, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And that's something, what if they can get the drugs in jail? Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. even if they do, like you will be okay. Yeah. Even if, you know, um, We've got to trust that this is part of God's plan, mm-hmm. right? This is part of him closing doors yes. for your loved one yeah. so that he can open the doors. This is, you know, and it's so hard. Oh, it is you so know, hard. I can't, you know, I'm not, a, you know, mine's my husband too. And like, I just look at my kids. I'm like, that would be hard, right? Oh, yeah. You know, but I also have to remind myself and I tell people, if they're able to get their drugs or their booze or whatever their drug of choice is, then they are able to get food. Oh, yeah. They're choosing drugs over food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we have to remember their consequence isn't ours to pick up and carry. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard and it's so easy when they're kids. I mean, I say that lightly, but right. you know, my kids still throw tantrums. But if they get in trouble as kids, it's easy to have, have make a consequence. But when they're adults, why is it so difficult? I don't know. You it know, it's so hard. I think, you know, part of it is the consequences are bigger, right? Mm-hmm. But they're adults. They're going to be, right? Yeah. The consequences for my six-year-old looks d- different than the consequence for my 14-year-old. Right, right. Because they're at different stages in life. Well, yeah. that's true when they become, when they're 30 years old, the consequence mm-hmm. is going to look yeah. different. I think we get, we it's harder because they affect us. The consequences do mm-hmm. affect, affect us. Yeah. Because, you know, if my husband relapses, he's not allowed to come into the house. He's not allowed to, he has to go somewhere and stay until he can pass AUA. And that mm-hmm. affects my day, my day-to-day yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. It and does. It's like, okay, I guess I'm being a single mom again. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, absolutely. You know, um, so... This goes back. To, so we're giving them lots of homework this yeah, episode. Yes. 
what what ifs are you hanging on to? What what ifs do you need to let go of? See how it's all coming mm-hmm. together? Yes. What what ifs are you holding on to that you need to let go of? And if there's one you just can't and it, you're just struggling, reach out, mm-hmm. you know, give it to God and just say, Lord, I know I need to give this to you. I'm just struggling. Can you just help me? Mm-hmm. Can you just give me the strength? Can you just put a resource in front of me? I just don't know how I'm going to let go of this. Yeah. What if? Yeah. And just continue to pray, you know. I know some people will write down their prayers, write them down and put them in a God box. Oh, yeah. Or a prayer box, you know. Yes. And then the, uh, um, six months later, they might go back and see how God actually... Mm-hmm took care of that prayer and maybe God doesn't he doesn't answer we don't know his timing on it right you know it could be tomorrow it could be in six months it could be not the way we right want it to be done either and I think that's hard for people Mm -hmm. um so change your what ifs to even ifs Mm -hmm. okay and so Write this all down this week and, you know, look over it. You're more than welcome to reach out to me. I know Darcy is a resource mm-hmm. too yes. and would be love, you know, I can get you in contact with her if, you know, something she said has spoke to you and you want to talk to her. And so over the next week or two or whenever, I want you to think through these phrases. If love were enough to change the addict's behavior, then no one would be an addict. Let go and let God. Change your what if to even if. And remember, what if is fear-based, even if is faith-based. So Darcy, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Which one of these three phrases is most challenging to you and why? What if? Why? Um, because I, if I'm living in the what if I'm trying to control everything and, um, I don't like to not be in control of things. And so it's really hard for me to live in the even if and surrender it to God. Cause then I have, I mean, I'm supposed to live that way every day, giving it to him mm-hmm. and letting him control everything, but it's really hard Yeah, as, um, a mom as the wife, you know, it's just, it's really hard. Yeah, absolutely. That was quick. I was like, oh, I thought I was going to throw <laughs> you. So which one, which phrase spoke to you the most? Um, in the even if. Okay. Is that, is that what you're. Yeah, like, I mean, in any of these that we talked about. What spoke to me the most, even if everything will be okay. Like I tell people that all the time and I have to remind myself, you know, we share, you know, we share these things with mm-hmm. other loved ones and sometimes we forget that we need to hear it for ourselves. And so even if yeah, God's got me. Yeah. Maybe we just need to write that down. Like you might need to write it on a post-it note or put it, you know, um, have a reminder pop up on your phone randomly throughout the day, even if I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. God's got this, but for God, right? Yeah, yeah. So I want to, you guys know I like to leave with a challenge. So I want to challenge you guys. What phrase spoke to you the most this week? Which phrase challenged you and why? 
And what barriers might you have in place that is keeping you from believing this phrase? And don't forget to make your list of things that you need to let go of and what you're living in the what ifs in. So thank you again, Darcy, for being with us. Um, It's always a joy to have you a part of this. Um, Just someone here to, you know, talk through all this. And so thank you for joining me. Um, And if you guys want to learn more about Finding Hope, as well as um, our any other support groups or Hope is Alive, you can go to findinghope.today. And also don't forget to learn more about the sobriety sprint and to register to run or walk, or maybe you want to sponsor or honor a loved one like we do with Darcy's mom. Darcy's already registered her mom. I I was actually looking at the list this morning, so I'm excited to be able to honor her. Um, Go on to sobrietysprint.com. But before you go, you know, we love for you to give us a five-star review, share this on social media, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next hope-filled episode. Thanks again for joining me, Amy LaRue, and our special guest, Darcy Stevens, in this episode of Finding Hope. And remember, you are not alone. It's not your fault. There is hope. This episode of the Finding Hope podcast was brought to you by Hope is Alive Ministries. To learn more about Hope is Alive, visit our website at hopeisalive.net. If you are in need of immediate assistance, don't wait. Call us now at 1-844-3-HOPE-NOW. That's 1-844-3-HOPE-NOW. To find out more about Finding Hope and how you can get involved in a meeting close to you, visit findinghope.today.